0: The message you're about to listen to is produced by Sierra Isle Media. We are looking at spirit-driven success. And um, I sincerely believe that nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to fail. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Nobody. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We are looking at spirit-driven success. Spirit-driven success. Nobody wants to fail, and it's obvious because if you want to fail, then there's no reason why you would be frustrated when things don't work out. See? Success is having things turn out as planned. Having things turn out as planned. That's what success is. Hallelujah. So success is having things turn out as planned. So, if you had a wedding and um, the people you wanted to show up showed up, that's success. See? Success is accomplishing a goal you intended to achieve. Accomplishing a goal you intended to achieve. But as a ministry, the Lord gave us a definition of success which we have been putting forth to the body of Christ and it says success is the progressive realization of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. Success is the progressive realization of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. We also say success is a day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. Notice Day to day. There's something the Lord told me many years ago. He said if you cannot plan your day, you can't plan your life. Because all you have is days. That's why Psalm 92 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That means it is a wise man that plans. The fool has no plan. You see that? God is a planner. And if you observe the scriptures, you will observe that God is a planner. So if you don't plan your day, you're actually telling the whole world that you've got no sense. You see that? Because planning gives you focus. It gives you focus for that day. I have a plan for the day. I have a plan for the, for the week, actually. This new week we are on. It gives you focus. Praise God. We said success is a day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. You see that? So no matter the amount of goals you achieve, if you don't fulfill your destiny, you're a failure. See that? So because the true measure of success is the fulfillment of your destiny and purpose for existence. That's the true measure of success. We also said success is becoming what you were born to be, doing what you were born to do, and having what you were born to have. It could also be expressed as becoming all that you were born ordained to be, do, and all that you were ordained to do, and um, having all that you were ordained to have. All right. We said driven means to be very determined to succeed. I'm very determined to succeed. If you know me, I'm a driven person in the sense that I am driven by the goals that God gave me, and I'm driven by the goal of Christian perfection. The Bible says, Be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And that's why, whenever I want to take a step, I, I look for the instructions. Because in my life, I want to be the man that God can count on anytime. Hallelujah. Is that your dream as well? Praise God forever. Driven, we said, also means having a compulsive or urgent quality. See, number three, to be driven means to be propelled or motivated by something. I am propelled by something, and I told you the Lord told me in August 2002. He said, "If you recognize me as a person, I will thrust you ahead of those who've ended. So let's look at a few things we learned last week that the Holy Spirit will do for us to help us succeed. Number one, it gives us vision. Number two, wisdom. Number three, relationships. The right relationships. Number four, guidance. Number five, victories. Number six, prosperity. Number seven, assembling together. All right, let's move on now. If we learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we'll make a success with our lives. So we're going to look at cooperating with the Holy Spirit. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the first thing is that you've got to be born again. That's the first thing. You've got to be born again. You see that in John 1, 12 to 13. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And John 4:24 says, God is a spirit. Say, so God is a spirit. So, if they were born of God, that means they were born of what? Good. They are born of the Spirit. I don't want to use A. are born of the Spirit. So being born again is a spiritual rebirth. I know you ask people to say, are you born again? They say, yeah, I go to church. No, there's more to being born again than going to church. Oh, are you born again? Yeah, my father was a Christian. It has nothing to do with that your father was a Christian see so being born again the individual has to receive Christ said as many as received him so the question is have you received Christ have you received Christ John 3 let's begin from verse 3 Jesus said except a man be born again okay using New King James now all right most assuredly I said to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, we've got to understand that when we use the kingdom of God, it's more than um, a place, right? The kingdom of God can mean one, the realm where the authority and power of God is recognized, right? Where the authority and power of God is recognized. Secondly, It refers to any place where the power of God is in demonstration. So it says, except a man be born again, or the the New King James, unless one is born again, he cannot see. The word there is to be aware. It says, when you're not born again, you will not be aware of the kingdom of God. In other words, let's look at Matthew 12, verse 28. It says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come unto you. So, Jesus is saying, if the power of God is in demonstration, that's the kingdom. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come unto you. You see that? So, Jesus is telling us that wherever the power of God is in demonstration... The kingdom of God is there, but it tells us about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, except the man be born again, he cannot see. He will not be aware of the kingdom of God. In other words, he will not be able to plug into the power. Tell someone, plug into the power. Yeah, when we get born again, that's when we plug into the power. And we all need to plug into the power. Tell someone, plug into the power. All right, let's look at verse 4, 5, and 6 quickly and take the next one. It says, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5. It says, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see that now? That realm where the power was in demonstration. See, it's more than a place. It's a realm where... If the power of God is working there, that, the kingdom of God is my position there. So it says if you're not born again, you cannot enter that realm, that level of flow. You cannot enter. See, verse 6. It says that which is born of the flesh is the flesh and that which is born of the spirit is what is spirit. All right. Now, take me to verse, okay, let me read 7 into 8. I want to show them something here. Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. Next verse. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it and cannot tell where it comes and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Now, the word for wind and the word for spirit are the same. So to explain the walking of the Holy Spirit, he uses the wind as an analogy. And he says, the man that is born of the spirit is beyond natural human explanation. See that? It says like the wind. You can only see what is happening in his life. You can't tell his source. See, it is when you're born again, you can tell his source. Are we together? So, number one, be born again, which is to be born of the Spirit. Number two, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. Stay full of, you want to walk in the miraculous, you want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. I said, someone in my office yesterday, and, um, okay, all right. Maybe some other time I'll share that testimony with you. Luke 4, verse 1. Luke 4, verse 1. It says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was filled with the Spirit. Acts 2, 4. The Bible tells us, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 38 to 39. Acts 2, 38. It says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Are you all there? So it's important that each of us get filled with the Spirit. That's one, get filled with the Spirit. All right. Look at verse 39. Let we'll me take the next one quickly. It says, for the promises to you and to your children. he said, get your children filled with the Holy Ghost early. It says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Number three, be led by the Spirit of God. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit. First of all, you're born of the Spirit. Now you have the nature of God in your spirit. You see that? That's why 1 John 4 verse 4 says, He have God little children and never come them, because who is he that is in you? Who is he that is in you? The Holy Ghost. See, you get filled with the Spirit. So, you, you, you get filled with the Spirit. You get filled. And now, the, when an individual is filled with the Spirit, it looks like the analogy of a sail. Do you know what a sail is? You know sailboat? Sailboats are driven by winds. See, it so says be filled with week. In other words, be influenced by the Holy Ghost. Be influenced by the Holy Ghost. So, being filled with the Spirit of God is staying under the influence of the Holy Spirit. See, it's not a one off experience where you say, okay, I I am speaking in tongues. And, um, okay, let me just show you this Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says, and be not drunk with wine, one is in, in which is dissipation. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the the Greek scholar says it means be being filled. No, no, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the way you stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit is to maintain a solid prayer life in other tongues. You stay full of the Holy Spirit. So number three, be filled with the Spirit. Luke 4 verse 1, Jesus was filled with the Spirit and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit see that to cooperate with the Holy Spirit look at verse 14 he returned on the power of the Spirit and there went out a fame of him you see a, a news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region so the Holy Ghost announced him because he was led by the Spirit Romans 8 verse 14 says as many as are led by the Spirit they are the sons of God do not be led by the Spirit for Galatians 5 16 to 17 Galatians, Galatians 5 16 to 17 give us in a new living translation It says, so I said, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature creates. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. I tell you, when it comes to sin, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you will not sin most of the sins you sin. You see that? You had a boyfriend. You were dating him. You were both Christians. You went to go to his house when the Spirit of God said, don't go. Why? He knows that today is under pressure. And you went to see him. And as you saw him and began to speak some sweet words to you, before you knew it, you were kissing. Before you knew it, there was a choir practice, a wrong choir practice. And you began to, 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 to do what you shouldn't do. Then he started crying, oh Lord, where were you? He, was the, he told you, don't visit him today. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. That's how let the Holy Spirit guide your life. He yeah? says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If you've seen me, sometimes when I watch TV, I get a check when I want to watch something. Some I just be, don't, don't watch this program. So, I, I, I just don't watch it. Just have a check. That's so why you're watching TV with me. Sometimes you might get angry with me because I will not stop until this thing tells me to stop. You can go and watch a program now and there's an evil influence. And you finish watching the program, you, you slept at night and you saw Didi Medi you in the name, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And you remember, it was, I saw this kind of face in that movie. Yes, it followed you into your dreams. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 17, quickly, please. It says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You see that? So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a fight with the spirit and, 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 and the flesh. The sinful nature is the flesh, actually, in this context. So you follow. What is it telling you to do? What is it telling you to do? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let's move on. Number four. Fellowship with God's word. Fellowship with God's word. You want to cooperate with the spirit, you got to fellowship with God's word by reading and meditating on the word. You fellowship with the word by reading and meditating on the word. You fellowship with the word because exposing yourself to the word of God is exposing yourself to the influence of the spirit. Exposing yourself to the word of God is exposing yourself to the influence of the spirit because the Bible says John 6, verse 63, says, The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit, and they are what? Life. You see that? So exposing yourself to the to the influence of the word is putting yourself to the spirit. Acts 10:44 speaks of Peter. That as Peter spoke these words, why would I speak these words? It says the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. We are doing old and new. That's beautiful. So it says. While Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Hallelujah. So it's so important that as individuals, we'll learn, we'll learn to give time to the word. Just don't give time to the word. Number five, very quickly, do the word. Do the word. Doing the word is yielding to the authority and control of the spirit. Doing the word Is yielding to the authority and control of the Spirit. Don't forget that the Word of God, the Word of God is the voice of God in print. The Word of God is the voice of God in print. So when I do the Word, I am yielding to the authority and control of the Spirit. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, it says all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. You see that now that word is Theonistus. In other words, God blowing into people. See that? And that's the Holy Spirit. Because the news there refers to the blowing that's the Holy Spirit, the wind of the Spirit. So when I'm doing the Bible, I'm actually obeying the Holy Spirit. You now a lot of people say I don't know God's voice. I wish I know God's voice. But the more you do the word. Declare God's voice to be to you. Let me share with you something because a lot of us don't know when God speaks to me. I went to um, a restaurant, my family and I, after a Sunday service to get food. And um, when we bought the, the, the food, uh, normally I greet people. So there's a lady that was coming down. She was maybe in her 50s or thereabouts. And I just said, um, Good afternoon, madam. And I passed her. And uh, she said, Excuse me. And I said, Yes, can I help you? Said, um, are you so and so on radio? I said, Yes. Said, okay, I knew. So I listen to you every day, so I know your voice. We had never met. But she heard my voice. She knew my, I've called members of this ministry and they wouldn't know my voice. When I called them another another line, it was, hello? They'll just be talking, some them speak Pigeon English. I said, Wow, this person speaks Pijin like this. Say, uh-huh. hello? Who is this? Talk now. Oh, hello? Who is this? They say, I'm talking. And I say, So you don't know my voice? Oh, good afternoon, sir. They don't listen to the message. A total stranger. Good afternoon, madam. Excuse me, sir. Are you sure does on radio? Yes, so I know your voice. I listen to you. No sound like this. Just hearing the raw voice, and you can tell this is the person. So if you if you listen to the word of God, you will know the voice of God. I was talking to someone yesterday. And when we got talking to a point, the person said, I don't understand what you're saying. So, suddenly, I had this urge to speak in other tongues. So I spoke in tongues and interpreted it made sense to the person now. How did I know, first of all, I should speak in tongues. Then two, how did I know the interpretation? Because as you're training yourself, listen to the word of God. Some of you have no time for the word of God. See, you have what they call spiritual senses and the more you spend time in the Word of God the more you develop spiritual senses it's more than the ability to quote scriptures that's why a minister can quote scriptures and, in, and make a decision that destroys him or her. you're like what happened It's more than quoting It's exposing yourself to that influence Exposing yourself to that influence. So if you never listen to messages, only when you come to church. so I'm job sit down. Job play message. Sit down, sit down. I want I'll be pastor. Don't worry. Life is an exam. The day the exam of life comes, I pray you'll be able to write the correct answer. Somebody's entering a plane. And comes and says it's not flying why are you not flying i don't know but i'm not flying i have this thing Say so come on and you ready to go the plane does not get to the destination and the worst thing when things like this happen the other christians say why are you always like this you're always like this are you the only one that god speaks to i hear god too and they will jump inside and now the other one has gone the other ones went to heaven early so they don't go and be in the barrier so, what do you tell I told them. See, let, me, let me show you something very quickly. Just outside my note now. Go to Hebrews 5. Let's read from verse 12 to 14. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's the babe. Notice what he said. Skill is a function of practice. So he says, if you, if you don't know how to use the word of God for your own benefit, say you're a child. Verse 14. But strong meat belong to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use, by reason of use, the word of God. So as I'm doing the word of God, I've exercised their senses. See, I've exercised their senses to resemble good and evil. So you exercise your senses. As so I'm doing, the Bible says to do this, and I do it now. My spiritual senses as uh, uh, accentuated. So now I can hear God better. Such people are rare. If you have 10 of them, your life is heaven on it. doing what the Spirit of God wants done. They don't need correction. They're like the ant. They do what should be done every time. Their senses are exercised to design but good and evil. Just the way you are now, you've lived life. If you see fire, there's no way you go and put your hand inside fire. Are yeah, you aware of that? But that's your little little child seeing the candle. He "Stop!" <laughs> like a fire. Maybe because when he came from heaven, God is fire. God is fire from up down. So maybe that's why children like fire. Even those children like fire. How I many of you are aware children like fire? Small children. Most of you, 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 you grew up in the torch lights. You know, candle. We saw candle in our own time. So candle. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> want to go put their hand inside. They think it's a heaven fire. This is earth fire. Bones. <laughs> it burns like hell fire. Hallelujah. Tell to do the word. Yeah, that's the way you can pray to the Holy Spirit. You can write James 1 to 25. It tells us to be doers of the word. Now, give me James 1 25. James 1 25. But whoso look looketh into the power of liberty and continue to reign, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. It says, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You're cooperating with the Holy Spirit. You see that? He's the one that brings the blessing. You're cooperating with him. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. You know it's the, the, the building of the house on the rock. If, you, if you're doing what God says, you're building your house on the rock. You're not doing what he says, you're building your house on sand. Number six. Obey the leading's and promptings of the spirit. Obey the leadings and promptings of the So if God speaks to you, obey him. Obey him. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Give me the New Living Translation. It says, if you're, if you, if you're willing and obedient, you, you eat the good. So if you only obey me, you have plenty to eat. That means lack is traceable to disobedience. You can see that in 1 Kings 17, all the way from verse 3 to 15. When Elijah had brought the the, the judgment on Israel, the Lord told him to go to the brook chariot and should drink from the the brook. And um, the ravens would feed him there. When there was no food, there again, the water was dry. He said, go to the widow. And he went to the widow and he told the widow, if you make for me first, you will have food. So, lack is traceable to disobedience. So you say, we say, lack is traceable to disobedience. Then say, my lack is traceable to my own disobedience. Say, Amen. yes, your lack. It's not traceable to who's ruling. It's traceable to disobedience. Hallelujah. All right. Isaiah 48, 15 to 18, please. It says, I, even I have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Say amen. Now look at verse 16, please. Come ye near unto me. Go to verse 17. It says, "Thus says the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to a prophet. You see that? And which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. So when the Holy Spirit instructs you Instructions are non negotiables the way you should go, and if you follow it, you'll prosper. You see that verse 18. It says, Oh, that thou hast hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. All right, number seven, walk in love. Walk in love. You see, people who walk in love. First of all, what is love? Love is an unconditional disposition of goodwill to the undeserving. Love is an unconditional disposition of goodwill to the undeserving. So true love is what? Unconditional. Now, the fact that we say walk in love doesn't mean you tolerate everything that is wrong. That's not love. God is love, but you you, you do wrong, you, you die in your sin, there's a place to keep you. It's called hell. You see that? And you, 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 you die in righteousness do you go to heaven. You see that? And don't forget that. But love is a condition of goodwill. God loves everybody. Tell someone, God loves everybody. Yeah, he does. He does. He loves everybody. He loves everybody. There's something that I've shown you about God's love that um, blessed my life. It blessed my life. In Luke chapter 6. 27 to 35 in your own um, book there. So let me read verse 35. It says, but love your enemies. So let me start on verse 32. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. You see that? So true love is unconditional. A sinner loves those who love. So if you're loving someone because they are good to you and you hate this one because they're not good to you, then you're like a sinner. See? Then he says, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. For if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to those, lend to sinners to receive as much back. 35, this is what I want to take it to. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. For your reward will be great for, and you will be sons of the most high. For he is kind to who? To the unthankful and what? And evil. True love is a conditional. So if you are married, be kind to your spouse when they are unthankful and when they are evil. Evil. Hallelujah. You know, some people, they are married to evil people. Evil. How can a man, you're married to a woman and you have three other girls or five other girls that you are, you are helping to service. Something is wrong. It's wickedness. Adultery is wickedness. Evil. Evil. How can a man not give the woman many to do things in the house? Evil. 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 So what do you do? Be kind to the untankful. My husband does not thank me for anything. Be kind to him. Let's move